when I have a chance to uh, watch something on telly. One of the things I've made a bit of time uh, to watch over the years is a programme, I don't know whether you've seen it, called Fake or Fortune. Anybody seen a programme on TV called Fake or Fortune? A handful of people, okay, have seen it. Um, Well, it's a programme about someone who thinks they've got this painting and they don't know really who painted it, where it's come, but they've got this feeling that it is actually by a master, uh, someone who's a, an artist that's really famous, and they think it might be really, really valuable. But it's never been accepted as something that's valuable. So what they do is they go to some experts. They take their painting, that they're not quite sure what it is, and they take it to a bunch of experts. And what the experts do is they... They look at this painting, and then people who have heard about the artist, they look at the brush strokes, and they think, does that look, do those brush strokes look like a master, someone who's an exceptional artist? They then pass it to the scientists, who then take it to a lab, they take photos of it, they scan it and take x-rays of it to see what's behind the paint, because there's amazing things you can look at to see not just what's on the surface, they take tiny samples of the paint and put it and analyse it to say, was, was that paint from the 1750s, for example? Because if it was from the 1750s, then only someone who was alive in the 1750s could actually paint it. They look at all the evidence and they try and come to conclusion, is this a fake or is it worth a fortune? Now, This morning, I have my own painting. Anybody like to take a guess? Is it worth a lot? Is it a real, you know, a real original by a famous Manx artist? Joe, this is from the Alaman. It is from the Alaman. It's actually from one of the places on the Alaman that Joe particularly loves. Mr. Goodwin. Anybody think it's a, a real? Is it worth literally hundreds of thousands? Or is it actually just a copy it's a it's a copy sorry nobody's surprised i know there's a lot not a lot of tension in that conversation was there it's kind of it's a fake tim but actually at the end of it what's some even some amazing programs where people have had a conviction that it might be really famous and what they found at the end is one particularly i think it was a constable painting a famous one and they found that his painting was worth two million pounds he bought it for 20000 People who've kind of, a guy bought a painting off eBay for £50. And it turned out to be a really famous artist and it was worth over 50000 Is it fake or is it true? Is it the real deal or does it just look like it? See, whether things are true or whether they're false still matter. They always matter to us. Whether things are right or wrong actually matter to us. And no one likes, I don't know about you, whether you're at school uh, or, or at home or whatever, nobody likes to look foolish in life. Nobody likes to look a fool. I've had a couple of conversations this week with people who said, do you know, I trusted this person and they weren't what they said they were. They turned out to be very different from what they said they were. They betrayed themselves as truthful, but actually it was false. And actually it was devastating and really difficult. The consequences of being made to look foolish are really painful for everybody to take. 
Our reading from Jesus's life in Mark's Gospel sees Jesus asking his followers to say, who do you say that? Not what other people. Who do you say I am? Bear in mind this is right in the middle of the account of Jesus's life. And now for the first time, Jesus is actually saying to his followers, okay, I've been with you a while. Who am I? Who am I? Who is Jesus? Jesus, they'd experienced his teaching. They'd seen his healing miracles. They'd seen his life up close and personal. Who really was this man? And so my question this morning is really simple. If a stranger on a train came to you and said, if you're on a train, that is, if you're on a train and the stranger came, what would you say about Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? One of Jesus' followers, Peter, always the kind of bold one, said, Jesus, you are the Christ, which means the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who's come into the world to put wrong things right. That's who you are. But what does that mean? Now, I could just do, if you could bear with me, I could just do with three little helpers. You could hold three different illustrations. Uh, Three things I'm very quickly going to take about what does it mean when Jesus says he's the king? So could I ask for the first, anybody prepared to come and hold something for a minute? They can help? Yeah, great. Do you want to come to the front? Just one. Oh, okay. Great. Great. Okay. I'm going to give you, actually, I'm going to give So there are, there are three things. So kind of, I'll, I'll just quickly go to them. So, firstly, by Jesus saying, uh, Peter saying, Jesus, you are the Messiah. It's saying that Jesus is God's personal messenger. Come into the world to put things right. Defeating evil, overcoming sin, our sin and our selfishness. Saving us from our sin. Bringing forgiveness, healing and freeing us. I, I found this in the house. I don't use this very often. Um, it's like washing out that God has come, sent his son into the world to clean both us up, but also clean the world up and make it new again. God has come to cleanse us, to clean our hearts up, to live the lives he wants us to. When uh, we had Mike's funeral on Friday, one of the things I will always remember about Mike McAllister is a kind of sense of his heart has been set free. And that's what it means when Jesus is king. He sets our hearts free. So that's the first thing, like washing powder, cleaning up what's dirty and putting it right. Second thing, when he says, Peter says, you're the Christ, means that Jesus is God's own son coming to give us relationship with him, to receive his love, become part of his family. It's what we sung. Now, when Joe and I got married, you're holding Joe's ring. It's a sign of our commitment to each other to say, in covenant relationship, I'm committing to you. And that's what God does in Jesus to us. I commit to be in relationship with you for life. And I long that for you. And and our ring is a sign of that Jesus has done that for us. 
Then lastly, our third one, Emmanuel's got the jigsaw. Christ means if you trust me, I'll make my home in you and be with you, assuring you of life eternal. Defeating death. It's like the central piece in a jigsaw. You know, the thing that actually makes sense of everything else. And so much of our lives, we try so hard to do a hundred things. But actually, Jesus comes if we, we respond to him to say, actually, I want to be the central piece in that jigsaw. and love you the way you long to be loved with an unconditional love of a father. Jesus comes to complete us and to heal us. Three things Jesus has done for us. Cleansing us, bringing us into relationship with God, and completing us the way he intended for us. Do you want to say, give a little clap to the three people for demonstrating? Thank you for being So when Jesus is saying, um, is asking, is in that conversation, and Peter responds and says, you are the Christ, it's an incredibly bold statement. It's not just that you're a wise man, not just you're a good man, but you are the king, the one God has sent to save the world, to change things forever and change our lives forever. And so Mike, at the start of today, and you may say, well, Tim, I've heard this before, but do you know that? Do you know Jesus as king? Do you want to trust him to cleanse you, to forgive you, so that you're in right relationship with him, to make him the center of your life? And if you're not sure, it's okay to say, well, in practice, Tim, I know some of the things, but I'm not entirely sure. Then it's a little bit like my painting, not my painting, because you all know it's a fake. But actually what we can do is make it our business to find out what's true to discover more so that we can come to a conclusion about who Jesus really is. For Christians, it's the most important question for us to consider. Who do you say that I am? Peter replies, you are the Christ, the chosen one. So let's pray from it. Just wonder whether you could just close your eyes wherever you're sat. Father, I want to thank you this morning that you know each one of us by name and you really do care for us. You long to be in relationship with us. The ring is a sign of your commitment to us. I pray for anybody who doesn't know that this morning that you would make yourself known to them. And for those who are struggling this morning with their own sense of having done stuff wrong and feeling guilty or shameful, we invite you by your spirit to make us clean again. Wash us. Wash us and make us whiter than snow. And Father, for those of us who spend our time running away from you, trying to put you at the edge of our lives, we ask that you would be at the centre of our lives that piece, that central piece of the jigsaw that makes sense of our lives here on earth. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.